0: Welcome back, everyone, to Web3 Unpacked. This is Rich Pasqua, And today we're happy to have Arif Budyasa, founder and CEO of Mythic Protocol, an innovative force in the world of Web3 gaming. I'm certainly eager to learn more about this platform and their integration of Web3. Let's dive in. Welcome, Arif.
1: Hi, Rich. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's very, yes. very to be here.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And, um, you know, uh, we were just talking before, and you are – where are you located right now?
1: Um, no, I'm in Vietnam, but I, I'm based in Jakarta, Indonesia.
0: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a young man who gets gets around – oh, and speaking of young men, uh, you were actually Forbes on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, correct?
1: Uh, yes, yes, it's uh, in the previous company.
0: Side, yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, we've had a few thirty on the thirties on the show, and it's it's pretty awesome to see um, because you always have really good products that you are pushing and um, and and great ideas. So, one of the questions, and I am trying to do this with all my guests moving forward, is what does Web3 mean to you outside of what you're doing or inclusive, I guess, everything kind of in a broad stroke?
1: Um, oh, it's, uh, the, the first question is already very deep. <laughs> um, I, I think I will start with my um, experience, like uh, understanding Web3. I think the first time I heard about Web3 is mainly because of Bitcoin. I think it's around like 2012. Um, at at that time, uh, my friend like told me about Bitcoin, and since I was uh, my background is computer science, so I do learning about distributed computing back then when I was in college. And then when my friends told about Bitcoin, it's more into more like techy stuff. But oh, this is the first use case of distributed computing that people really use. I think at that time that's the message. Um, I was super interested with the technology. I regret myself that I didn't buy a lot at that time. That's that's the biggest regret. Um but I, I've been following like the technology since then, and then I remember 2016, so, like most of my friends actually do a lot of like trading or investment in, in the in the, all the uh, cryptocurrencies that happened back then. Um, I tried a little bit at a time, but I still see that when we do only like crypto investing and trading, it's still more like a zero-sum game. And until NFT recently, like twenty twenty one. So at that time, like it's because I was in the game industry. So uh, I, I've been in the game industry for almost like fifteen years. And in twenty twenty one, when the boom of uh, play to uncycles happening, and all like the promise of the web three game, I think that's really like uh, attract everybody's eyes on on how games mid web three could be in the futures, and that that what really. Uh, interest me in to explore more about Web3, because before I was in the sideline. But when I s- learned more about Web3, I think the biggest thing that captivates me a lot is the the promise and the ethos of Web3 and the future of decentralization. On, um, imagine, like, on, on from the gaming industry point of view, like, I've been a gamer since my childhood. And I believe, like, in the future of how we're able to involve gamers, the community itself, to actually able to grow together with the game, and also like share the upside of the game. I think that main promise of building together, grow together, is what really captivates me about Web3 side. But um, I realized that in the past like two years, the main message is still about offer financialization of Web3. It is good maybe at some point, but I do think that it distracts ourselves with the main value of how Web3 should be and how Web3 can be. I think that that's what... Web3 means for me personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said a lot of great things in there. And, you know, uh, the entryway or the doorway for a lot of people, um, especially in kind of a crypto Web3 space, is through Bitcoin, right? It seems like you've been involved for, for quite some time. And then, you know, that's what happened to me. You start to You know, read white papers and understand the philosophy of it, Um, the democratization of of currency through DeFi and and whatnot. Um, It's really kind of a special once you kind of make that leap, it's really kind of special. And then it's a rabbit hole from there. And then it's all about possibilities. Right. The other thing you mentioned, and obviously this is your forte. uh, Everything in like technology usually funnels through the gaming community right, um, or, or breaking or leading technologies. So it really does make sense um, that gaming kind of starts to dabble in the NFT, DeFi, kind of the customization world uh, of digital assets. So um, really, really cool. Um, now, it, uh, it, Arif, it's, it seems like um, Mythic Protocol, or, or actually, there's, there's a ton of... Of Web three, I mean, maybe not a ton, but a lot of Web three companies out there right now. Um, can you give us an overview uh, of your uh, your gameplay, cooperative gameplay, and you know what the platform really can do and how it differentiates itself from everyone else? Yeah. Um,
1: thank you. I think to answer that question, maybe I will try to revisit. Uh, on, so initially, when we try to build Mythic Protocol, we ask ourselves, like, why Web3? Why Web3? Like, what's the value of Web3 brings into the game industry? I think we keep repeating that question. And I, I, we start Mythic Protocol in November 2021, and that's the question that we always ask. Um, and I think now we kind of have the answer that if we see, like, the history of the gaming industry, every 30 years or so, there is a new cycle coming in, in the game industry, mainly because of new technology. So, if we remember, like, in the era of 1970s, at that time, there is no game industry. Like, a game, like, video game is just a hobby made by, like, people in the labs, uh, like, tweaking oscilloscopes to build tennis for two. So, it's basically just a hobby, until semiconductor technology, where there's a, a PC, personal computers, that allows people to build like console and arcade. And at that time, the the, the game industry flourished because everybody could build content on on top of that platform. And at that time, the industry tried to solve gameplay. And that's why there's a new genre and the fun games actually coming out. The next cycle, that's the first era of uh, game industry. Uh, It's create the industry from zero to 40 billion. And then the next cycle, mainly driven by mobile and internet internet solved the distribution, uh, bef- because before it's actually very hard to distribute. We need to distribute for CD. Uh, the logistics very heavy. Like sending the game from the US to like my, I-, I was born in Bali. So sending the game from the US to Bali is actually a very logistic nightmare. But internet solved that. And then mobile solved that. Now everybody have a device. So at that time, the next problem to solve is adoption. How to ensure that the, all the users in the world, like 3 billion users, able to play games. And the solution actually is a safe in this model, free to play. Uh, that actually scale the industry, now free-to-play is already the biggest uh, model in the industry, like 200 billion uh, industry. And we believe the next cycle of gaming industry will be driven by two technology. The first one is distributed computing, which is blockchain that solves trust. And the second one is AI that solves capability gap. So, um, so we believe that the next cycle of the gaming industry is not about how we are able to expand the user base or how we are able to increase the ARPU. Because now, the game industry is already in the, the highest game industry. Uh, sorry, the highest entertainment industry. So we believe the next uh, problem to solve is how we're able to create new economy. Where, like, each actor in the ecosystem actually value generating and, and able to create, like, new economy. That, that's why we, we coined out some, like, collaborative universe. I think the, the main differentiation on, on the goal itself is that we believe that the next cycle of game industry is how we're able to create an ecosystem, where each actor in the ecosystem actually value-generating. Like the gamers itself, even when they play, they generate value. When they transact with others, they generate value. Um, I think that's, that's what we really aim to be. And that's why in our first game, it's called Riftstorm. Um, well, we, we try to build uh, a gameplay that's actually, we call it like evergreen games. So a game that could be played like for years, maybe like one decade or so. And the game itself mainly focuses on cooperative activity, so it's a co-op PVE kind of games. Mm. Yeah, I hope that that kind of aspect. Sorry, yeah. I, I speak so long. yeah, yeah. Speak
0: too long, yeah. So so in essence, you're, you're obviously um, there's gameplay, right? You're you're bringing in it could be Call of Duty or anything, right? Uh, any kind of yes. game within your platform, but you also allow for um, kind of competitive leaderboards and. Team structures and um, frame team framing, right? Yes. That's awesome. So you can create your own competitive environments with friends or people around the world. um, Match skill levels, but also you can create pots or pots of money, correct? Um, Yes. Or tokens uh, that you all could kind of uh, vie for or you know position for, right? Um, Which adds another layer to the whole experience and then yes. are you guys so that makes perfect sense to me now are you guys allowing for people to create custom uh in-game modifications and kind of digital assets clothing gear
1: yes, yes. Uh, actually we we go one layer deeper so uh, so we built a system we call it dumb so we call it the DUM project so it stands for decentralized universal meta on blockchain So it's D-U-M-B, dumb. So the idea is that if we want to create a world where the collaborative um, entertainment happening, um, we need to ensure that everybody able to create and also own what they create. So if like, imagine, like, uh, so uh, in some of the IP side, I will take analogy of Star Wars. Um, uh, Imagine, like, we're building Star Wars, but everybody could create their own spaceship create their own planet, create their own monsters and characters and then build story on top of it and own that. I think that would be the fundamental layer because if we're able to own the idea first, then like the next product on top of that idea, you could also like build on top of it. So the user will be able to create the weapon and everything and own it because even like in the fundamental level, in, in idea level, they're also able to own it.
0: Yeah. To me, that's really, really cool. Then they can kind of like lease it out or, you know, yes. kind of sell it or, you know, it becomes an economy. So with that said, this is kind of the interesting part for me when, it, when I hear gaming and Web3 is, you know, you're, that, that actually is a lot to offer uh, within gameplay because then it becomes the gameplay is extended, Right, so now yes. it's about game design and yes. storytelling and creating your own, almost cre- like creating your own brand within a game, which I find yes. very, very cool. Um, and a lot of people don't don't look at that look at it that way. But with all this said, are you creating like a marketplace for your uh, for your community, so people can almost have like mini storefronts for themselves?
1: Um. Yeah. So we realized that most of the gamer probably just do trading. But some subset of the grammar, gamers, sorry, will actually create something. So I think we will build a marketplace that actually support both of the use cases.
0: Now, when so after going through a lot of your materials and kind of digging in, um, I found it interesting, especially on your website and and a lot of the other you know uh, touch points like Twitter or X. Um, it seems like you have your own operatives. Right yes. as a, yes. as the Mythic Protocol brand, you have your own yes. operatives, and it seems like there's an underlying story. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit for us? Because that's to me that was pretty interesting. Thank you,
1: thank you, Riz. So, um, so the, the whole idea of Mythic Protocol is we call it fantasy world plus one. So imagine like we are in the real world, but there's a add one fantasy layer, and the TL there version of the universe itself is that. Imagine, like, Men in Black or John Wick, but instead of fighting alien, they fight mythical beings. So, so we, we, we try to bring all the, 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 the audience to actually imagine, like, what if, maybe, like, what if Titanic is not really uh, drowned because of the iceberg, but because it's actually a group of secret operatives that want to fight the Kraken, but they lost the battle. Like 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 asking that kind of a conspiracy, so by building that kind of layer, we allows users to ask questions and then maybe like see historical point of view a uh, historical event in a very different point of view like what if the 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 end of world war is not really because of a truce but because in the middle of the battle there is a portal of mythical beings appears, and then humanity decides why we need to fight each other there is a bigger enemy there so that 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 kind of question. So by having that kind of um, like base story model, people will be able to advance from that story. I think that that's how the operative in. So the operative is basically the secret agent of the world that we play in the games also, that we could create the characters also and become the base of uh, all the stories, uh, narrative storytelling from the universe itself.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and it reminds me of some kind of like, you know, directors and authors of, of sci-fi books. They'll take prominent historical events and then twist it and say, what if, you know, what if, you know, uh, you know, Russia didn't invade this or that or the German army didn't advance here or whatever, Um, or if some giant historical event just didn't happen, uh, what does it mean? Or if it happened in the opposite direction. Uh, I, I really like that um, personally in in storytelling for for books and and movies, um, but it's interesting to bring it to um, to gameplay, and it becomes like almost like your um, your comic book, right? Yes. The Mythic yes. Protocol comic book, in, in a sense. Now the gameplay even goes further if you so choose to kind of investigate, and if you're curious enough. That yes. is cool. So anything to kind of enrich kind of the storytelling, the enjoyment um, is always really cool. And, and, and as far as like the idea of entertainment, you guys use a term called collaborative entertainment. Now, yes. what is your, cause yes. I've maybe heard it before, but what, what is your take on that? Yes.
1: Um, I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like our thought concept where like the goals of what we're trying to build is that we want to build an entertainment where every actors in the in the ecosystem itself is collaboratively building the entertainment. I think that that's like in from from the goal statement perspective. And but if we see like from its actor perspective, let's say from the gamers perspective, we want to build like an entertainment where the gamers action or maybe like decision is also matters. Like imagine, like uh, uh, on the on the water scenario, and there is a, a scenario of uh, of uh, uh, maybe like a, a kraken trying to destroy a, a big city, maybe like let's say San Francisco, and then the, all the game was actually joining to on that operation to actually prevent that from happening, and then in in between, there's a each gamer have a choice whether they need to save the city or just kill the kraken. If majority decided to save the city more. And then the end the end result of that campaign will be the kraken will be uh fleeing but if this the everybody majorly decided to kill the kraken first the kraken will die but the city will be damaged a lot so i think that 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 kind of um um how to say like a permanent wall but all the gamers decision actually matters that's on the story level even on the on the like meta level if i decided this I will not be able to use this kind of skill because I've made the decision in the past. So we will use blockchain as the persistent world building uh, to actually record every action. So I think one one of the key differentiation is that we, we always select like action matters. It's always recorded on the chain. And then that will evolve the world further to progress. And hopefully by doing that, we actually build a, a foundational base for everyone to collaboratively build new entertainment together.
0: Wow, that's... That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, everything's recorded real time, uh, recorded to the blockchain. Um, and, and then I guess you can kind of build off of that with team members or other collaborators across the uh, Mythic Protocol universe. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna have to look into that a little bit more because I really like that. Um, now, what? I, I, this is a little bit more of a macro question. Um, and, and and it's a, it's one of those questions that comes up, right. And we, you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but what, what is your vision for the web three, not just mythic, but for the web three sector itself? Um, and you know, how is mythic poised or positioned to kind of maybe influence and or change that world? Um, People always ask, like, okay, Web3 and gaming, what does it mean? Okay, well, it means this, this, and this, and you pretty much articulated the nuts and bolts of it already. But um, beyond that, where do you see the industry going? Because a lot of people are talking about entertainment you know, and Web3. We have a lot of conversations about that. And to me, this is similar but not the same. Uh, what are your thoughts on the gaming sector?
1: Yeah. Um, I think um, definitely like Web3 gaming stood be beyond ownership because like most of the conversation is still like revolve around ownership and also like secondary market trading and gaining like royalty share on top of it. I, I think, um, the next cycle of gaming will not only driven by Web3, but also AI. And I think because the Web3 side of technology and AI side of technology is like two sides of the same coin because they... Uh, For example, like, AI introduced a new set of problems in the world that actually Web3 could solve. But also Web3 introduced, like, this efficiency efficiency to the world that actually AI is able to solve. So I think, like, these two technologies will will kind of go hand in hand. And these two technologies actually create the next cycle of gaming. And the the, the vision that that, uh, we, we see will happen is that the next frontier of gaming is not gaming as we see, like, Now there's a game publisher, game developer build the game and push it to the users and the user love it and they pay it. And then one institution or maybe like one group actually value capture everything. That's in the past. I think the future will be like because of the enablement of Web3 that solve ownership and trust and enablement of AI that maybe like uh, when i was in college student i could now create something we thought even i like, need to learn about programming or art but i'm able to create a story i'm able to create a beautiful graphic because of ai um i think the combination of that that will allow us like maybe like enforce participation of everybody that love one gaming ecosystem to build the collaborative entertainment i think that will be the future like we are moving toward on building an entertainment together and having the, the and Take house and capturing the value together also, and try to build it together and get get the upside together. I think that that's uh, I, I don't know I am not really good in articulating it, but I think that's that's <laughs> the, the vision. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think I know where you're going, and I I think it's really interesting. Like you you know uh, people like yourself and developers, uh, they are we are starting to talk about the intersection of uh, Web three and AI tremendous amount more uh these days um and to me you know web 3 literally is kind of the roadway right it's the streets that you're gonna yes. be able to do a lot of different things and connect a lot of different people in a very trusted manner now the ai to me it's almost like uh you know ethereum allowing you to build technology stacks on top of their stack, you know l1 you know okay. and and um Really, creating powerful DApps or uh, applications that really can take um, ownership of a lot of different, um, you know, fundamental work processes. Uh, So I think that's really cool, and um, it is really the future. And we're just scratching the surface. Like Web (laughs) three is like it's important, but it's important for people to realize, like, yeah, AI is the bright, you know, shiny object on the table these days and everyone's talking about it as they should um but it really does go hand in hand with web3 you really kind of need the two of them to to make an impact within uh social economies and 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 worlds that we create for ourselves and others Um, with that said now the power there um to me is probably the the on the The doorway to a lot of this power or coupling of AI and Web3 is through NFTs, right? And I think you went into it before, and you're enabling users to kind of craft, build, um, and manage, or you know, uh, disseminate NFTs as they will, uh, as it relates to the mythic gameplay. Uh, That's really cool. Are you guys going to build, um, allow people to build smart contracts? Uh, into the NFTs that you're introducing uh, soon. I know it's not like immediate. It's, that's kind of a, that's a whole other world and task unto itself because yes. I, I, know, I know what you're under, the pressure you're okay. under just to kind of get things working, right? Yes. Um, but is that part of your, uh, your thinking for the future?
1: Um, yes. Actually, uh, before I'm addressing that, I really like your analogy of uh, Web3 is actually the roadway. In a trusted mm. manner, I think that's a very good analogy. I, I, will, I will borrow that term f- from you uh, yeah. in, the, in the future. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, on the NFT side, so I think our approach on on, on building the NFT ecosystem in in uh, Meta Protocol, we back again. We always ask the fundamental of why. Initially, like we always ask the question like, why gamers need NFT, and uh, the, the usual consensus in the game industry is that, oh, NFT is good for ownership, the true ownership, or NFT is good for interoperability, or NFT is good for composability. I think that, that's the initial consensus. And in, in I think in early 2022, what we did is that we do our survey uh, because our main market is we try to aim for the US market. So we do a lot of like market research. And interestingly is that most of the gamers actually care about ownership but they don't care about whether it's decentralized or centralized. For example, like, if I already own a Steam account, they, most of the gamers think that they already own it, regardless of centralized or decentralized. So they don't care about decentralization. In, in some of, like, UX, POV, it's the same about interoperability and composability. Like, they, they agree with the idea of interoperability, but we don't even need blockchain to actually implement interoperability and composability. Like, Pokemon games, since the Game Boy version, it's already have a, like small subset of interoperable asset. So, and then we always ask this question then why fundamentally this technology actually changed something on, on like what, what, what NFT able to do that? The previous technology is not able to do. And our thesis is a concept of legacy. So the idea is like, imagine like this, uh, agent fighting mythical beings. So the legacy concept is that a concept of how we are able to install emotional value in an evolving asset. So uh, imagine, like we, we we hunt together, and then uh, when when we playing together, there's a uh, Ifrit monster, uh, the fire, the, the god of fire monster, and then I'm using a new 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 minted agent with a with a new like weapon, maybe like uh, assault rifle, but I get lucky. I managed to do. Uh, this is a like one thousand people raid boss kind of thing, but I got lucky. I managed to do the last hit, but it's just lucky shot. And then I get the last hit, and then my weapon evolves, becoming like Ifrit kind of assault rival. And there's only one Ifrit assault rival, because Ifrit only appears one, like this year. But by having, yeah, by having a weapon that actually evolve, there's a utility, of course, like maybe like fire damage plus what, 10%. But the most important thing is that this is the only weapon that I use to kill that Ifrit. And the emotional value because of that is becoming my, part of my legacy. Maybe like someone wants to beat this weapon for 100k. I don't want to sell it because I want to sell my. I want to tell my grandson in the maybe like 50 years in the future that this is the weapon that I used to kill everyone. But the the history like recorded on the chain, the NFT side.
0: Yeah, there there there's a ton of things, uh, Arif, that, that you brought up during that little segment right there that appeals to the product designer and you know UI UX creative guy that i am which is you don't plug in technology for the sake of plugging in technology Um, it has to have a purpose it has to have a job to do and and um technically real value right that the users want right there's tons of value in nfts out there but do the do you really want that and I'm really – it's refreshing to hear that you're doing continuous um, uh, audience outreach and research because a lot of people push that aside. They think because they're in the industry, they know everything, and it's not, it's not really the case. Uh, and the other thing, too, is, is that gamers are their own people. They're their own – like their own breed, if you will. Um, they like certain things, they don't like certain things, and they're not afraid to tell you, right? And that's cool when you have open chats during gameplay and it's not just, you know, uh, boosting or razzing your competitors, it's actually giving feedback, you know? So paying attention to that is really cool. Um, so so that's really, really interesting. I love the idea of that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's... It is the, you know, it's a balance, right? So it's good. I like it. Um, Thank you. So, you know, what is the, let's see, you know, what are some of the, you know, one of the biggest things in Web3, not just Web3, Web2, marketing, advertising, branding, everything. It's about aggregating audiences and not just now it's becoming not just an audience, the right audience, right? So to me, building a company, uh, a design company, building a podcast on the side, is more about. It's not about the numbers and piling like, "Wow, we have tons and tons of of users." Um, but it's the right people, right, uh, yes. who are going to interact with your content and and stay with you for the the the, the long haul. Um, what are some of the strategies that you and your the Mythic team are implementing to not only gain a community or build a community, but to retain that community? How are you guys doing that?
1: Um, honestly, we still like do trial and error at, at this point, but uh, we believe that the, the best approach to build this is by, as you also mentioned, to focus on the right people and just organically snowball from there. I think that that's uh, like the the, the, the the strategy statement that we did because when we start to enter the space, uh, like the Web3Gaming space two years ago, we realized that everybody just tried to build a Discord channel, Twitter followers, and then do a lot of like giveaway. Uh, you need to enter, join the Discord first, uh, and then you will have a chance to win this, win that. And it's actually a very good growth hack strategy, in, like I saw project in two months, they're able to get like 250,000 uh, Discord followers, 300k Twitter followers, but after three months, no, no engagement at all, like everybody's quiet. Yeah, so I don't think that's the right way. Uh, I, I believe that if we're able to find the right person, as you mentioned, that, and then we build together with them, I think that, that's the basic, like, uh, what, how we're trying to do. For example, like, when, when we do our initial, like, pre-alpha game test, so what we do is that we launch the game. It's only, like, um, one-level kind of game, um, um, but it's replayable, and then we, we're able to gather, like, around 1,000 users. And around a subset of that 1,000, I think around maybe like 20 people play the games more than 50 hours. Imagine that it's only one level game, and 20 people play more than 50 hours. And I think one of them, I remember it's a one Filipino uh, uh, guy from Philippines, play more than 100 hours. I think having, finding these super fans, and then build, like, uh, from there, I think that that's how we actually able, uh, plan to build engage the NGZ community. And that's from the marketing side of it. Uh, But we mainly focus also on doubling down on the product itself. So we really big proponent of a good product will retain the users by by itself. So we do a lot of like focus on building the product, A-B testing on the product, do play tests, and then see which part that users turning, which part is the problem, how we able to improve. I think we kept iterating that way until we have the retention metric that we want on the product itself, then combine it with the community like marketing strategy.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting approach. And I love like, you know, you do really have to start with the product, Um, because if it doesn't work, it doesn't really give a (laughs) satisfying experience. What's the point? But from a a user standpoint, you um, and other gaming companies and Web3 gaming companies, have the advantage of having um tapped into a community of people who uh, to me uh, what I think you know former game nerd and and designer <laughs> game designer uh you know they're inherently problem solvers um these guys and girls they they are problem solvers they not only like the game they like the puzzle they like the before the gameplay and after. So I think, you know, tapping into those communities is, is perfect. It's beautiful. If you can do it properly in specific users themselves, you know, a lot of these people are builders. They will go on to become level designers and game designers and, and um, 3d modelers, shaders, whatever they may be, or, you know, film or whatever, um, or something technical you know, these are the folks that are, are really they're playing now, but they're going to be building later on. So that's really cool um, in the sense that they can. If you invite them in, they're going to get excited because now they're really a part of the community, really part of the product. And if you if a gamer is able to help um, influence the game that's really that's special for them and for you guys i am, i almost equate it to the idea of how say porsche or bmw or any of the major ford for that matter chevy all of them have their motorsport cars right everything else is like for the community and whatnot but that's not the dream that's not sexy the Formula or Formula One, the E1s, the motorsport uh, BMWs that have been engineered over the years, those are the ones they put in the hands of the drivers, and they continuously ask them, does the car run well? How does it run at high speeds and, and high temperatures? Uh, How is the cornering? Then you can adjust and, and and calibrate from there. So I think it's, it's super cool that you're tapping into the community and I know, just coming from this world, um, people uh, not only enjoy it but they appreciate it. So that's super yeah. cool. Um,
1: Absolutely, yeah, uh, uh, thank you very much for the uh, the idea. Uh, initially, we only think in the in the first phases that we only engage the community as gamers. But now you yep. give uh, me a very big inspiration that we actually able to start pitching the concept of the collaborative entertainment to everyone to start collaborating from the beginning. I think that's. Thank you very much. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, very inspirational. Thank you.
0: You're you're certainly welcome, of course. Um, and I've got tons of ideas. Trust me. Um, but yeah, you can create a whole portal where people are like, hey, you want to get involved, and maybe you're not that technical, but you could be a community advocate. Um, you know, uh, amplifying the community and new features and whatnot. So getting the community to help and kind of work with you. That's pretty cool, then you're going to get some other uh you know people who are studying development or whatnot, and they may be able to help refine uh specific experiences within uh the whole mythic uh landscape very cool, and people love that they want to get involved yes. um, they're touted on on the discord channel um, they're pushed on Twitter, so not that they 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 want fame or fortune they just believe in things in a different way and sometimes they're a bit more underground but they do doesn't mean they don't want to participate so I think it's really cool Um, the uh, you know the web 3 development community works that way Um, I've seen uh, protocols not gaming protocols you know standardized not standard but regular web 3 protocols that gamify their whole employment system so you have say you have 50 to 100 employees working across the world, you know how do you gamify it? How do you keep people interested in your project because each developer may be on one to five projects simultaneously? How do you keep, capture? So even in the development world, you need to capture their imagination. You have to keep them um, enticed and, and, and kind of uh, keep their imagination sparked. So it's challenging for sure but there are certain ways um, that you can open the community up. I I think you would be so surprised Reef as soon as you do it. So um all right, great. So you you've given us so much uh Arif, so much already. Uh, one thing I do want to tap into and you kind of hinted at, you know, a little bit of future talk and a few, you know, little more web three gaming future uh ideas but from a holistic viewpoint in the next six to 12 months what do you see happening what do you want to see happen i should say uh in the gaming industry in the web three space and they could be you know separate or you know uh inclusive of each of each other but what do you see happening what do you want to see happen yeah.
1: um i think the num the number one things that i want to see happening but i think there's some some hint that is already happening is that now the major distribution platform like the pc one maybe like console distribution platform i might not mention brand here um will start to embrace the technology and allows games that have the technology on their platform i I think that will happen maybe sooner or, le- uh, sooner or later, because most of these actually big brands in console, on PC distribution platform, is actually this uh, applying for patents of a blockchain supported digital asset kind of patent. So I think they, they, they already understand the idea. They just still want to do the value capture by themselves. But at least if everybody already started to embrace the idea, we might be arriving to, like, um, mass adoption of the technology itself sooner, I think, because in the end of the day, uh, this major distribution uh, platform, it's still the, the the only way for us to go mass. And now a lot of, like, Web3 game developers is actually try to abstract the, the Web3 site so that they are allowed to be distributed on that platform. But still, the abstraction layer might, handle a lot of the value of the Web3 site. Um, but I see since they started to apply a pattern here and there, if they're like opening up, that would be like the massive floodgate of new users in a more like meaningful way to enter the, the, the Web3 gaming space. I think that that's what we really want. Like or maybe like foresee happening pretty soon. And if that happening, then I think it's a win for everybody also in the space.
0: Yeah, that that's really interesting because uh, a lot I have the same thought and a lot of other people have the same thoughts as well. So as we look at, say, the DeFi world, uh, as it relates to Bitcoin, Ethereum or crypto in general, we, too, all of us in the DeFi world, not just gaming, are waiting for mass adoption Um I, you know, I've been involved for many, many years where it was a handful of people. Now I'm blown away at like large institutions, kind of like gaming companies vying for patents or, you know, presenting legal documentation for, for patents. Uh, you've got Citibank and, and um, the Black Rocks and Vanguards of the world now vying for ETFs. And there's mixed emotions about that. That's not something I would ever participate in it because much like yourself, you know we've been doing this for a while. We know how to onboard and offboard. We're not afraid. We hold private custody. We, we utilize certain security protocols, uh, whether it be high tech or extremely simple. Um, so to me, it, it's a kind of a, mm, well, you're buying paper. You're not buying the gold, you're buying the paper gold, right? Um, but on the flip side, it's trillions of dollars waiting to come in. It's your aunt and uncle. It's your, it's your mom and dad wanting to get in, not just play in, in the Nietzsche or the, 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 the uh, NASDAQ or anything else. Now everyone can play and the floodgates open up, or so we think will happen. We don't know. Um, but that is a really cool idea. And I love the idea of the traditional 2.0 game box companies, the you know Sony's of the world or you know, Microsoft's we're allowed to say them. (laughs) Uh Microsoft. I could see I could totally see Microsoft uh jumping into this like headfirst. Um, you know Sony is always on the edge of hardware and 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 software for the most part, but what sets Microsoft apart is the idea that they own twenty two plus gaming companies um, they 're going to be the gateway and, and perhaps the spearhead for a lot of innovative uh technologies in in game commerce or or uh, you know leaderboards or whatever it may be. Um, certainly sony will, will will jump on it too but in that respect I, once they normalize it you know put the put the uh the safe simple user experience veneer on top of it um and creating wallets that are stupid easy to use um and inherent and automatic that is really kind of special um and i think It is a big part of it. And I thank you for bringing that up to me because now I'm like, ah, I get it. Like there's um, there are so many other bigger doorways to open up, you know. So I I love that. I love that. Um, Now and uh, adoption, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, adoption is everything in this world. And it's not it's not like, oh, everyone needs to use this. Uh, you know and you we need uh, uh, bajillions of uh, of people to join. We just need people to help build uh comment, use the networks um because right now it is it is still small you know if you look at the adoption curve, we are yeah. still in that you know the uh, that early hockey stick <laughs> up you know and it is going up uh then what I think it 'll do is plateau. Um, but, but this, this is the challenge, not just for gaming, uh, companies, but it is the challenge for, for everyone else (laughs) building on web three. Uh, well, I wanted to jump in and say, you know, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, I wanted to see if you guys had any other, uh, events coming up, Twitter spaces, anything on your discord channel, um, do you have conferences coming up, um, you know, Asia to um, Europe to the United States? Anything happening?
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I think for us, like the, the next big milestone for us is that we will start opening up like application for play tests. So we have our like alpha, the public alpha version ready for the game itself. And we will start our, like, opening application. I think we will limit like a very, very few people first, maybe like in, in level of thousands. Uh, but we will start like opening it very soon. I think maybe next month. So yeah, we'll 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 love to like be able to find like the initial uh, enthusiasts that we are able to build together with with us in this collaborative and entertainment journey. I think that that's the, the 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 yeah the the thing that we will. Uh, the, what what's upcoming next? Yeah.
0: So play space, right? That's kind of like a test net. Kind of right.
1: It's a uh, it's a play test. So it's uh, basically like uh, we will share the demo of the games, and then everybody could uh, join and then play it and and then but it uh, in a very short session, short amount of time, maybe like one week.
0: Oh, cool! And then you you have mechanisms for them to give you feedback and yes. and kind of uh, yes. and then you can iterate. And I I love that you're taking a human uh, a human centric approach. Or design approach to this because that's what it is. Um, if someone's using it, you know, yes. why not ask them um, yeah, and monitor and that's, them?
1: And that's actually the best way to build a product. Just go out of there and talk to the users. Right? That I think that's I think a lot of as as you said, a lot of project mm, kind of like miss it or put it on the sideline. But I think that's the most important part to do.
0: I think one of my Lights oh, okay. overheated. Sorry about that. Um, Let's <laughs> we'll just turn that one up a little bit. Uh, a little moody light lighting here. Sorry about that. So nice. awesome. So you got the play test. I- I'm excited to, to see that stuff. It's kind of nerdy user feedback stuff that I like uh, from a design perspective. Um, uh, Arif, we we would love to have you back because we want to. We like tracking um, products like this uh, that have that are building real communities and getting feedback from real people in their design process. So we love it. We want to hear more from, uh, from mythic and yourself. Um, do you have any, are there events coming up that you want to promote or anything happening right now or in the future?
1: Um, I, I think we haven't yet really have something in place aside of the play event. I think we definitely will be, Active in most of the web three and gaming conference, and it's definitely like expo. Ex, like before, we active in Gamescom PAX, I think we will be definitely be in next year packs also. Uh, but at at this point in time, we don't have anything concrete yet, unless the, for the uh, except the playtest.
0: Yeah, it takes time, and you know, being in this world, much like yourself, there's a thousand and one conferences now. Um, so it doesn't many. mean you have to. Doesn't mean you have to go to all of them. Uh, trust me, I would be broke if I if I went to all <laughs> of them. But um, uh, you got to go to the right ones. Um, and the ones that I've been to in the in the past and helped run and organize, the, anything gaming always. I don't care if you're a gamer nerd or not. Like it's always interesting for people to kind of learn more about what's going on, because people if you're at these conferences you know gaming is the gateway basically yes. uh to a lot of a di- lot of different things um so it's it's exciting and i i i know you guys are going to crush it um Thank you. you know very interesting product from lots of different levels storytelling to gameplay to leaderboards to you know Active, uh, you know, cooperation uh, and entertainment within from users to users and uh, the community is building. The environment is is building and uh, the customization is building. So I I think that's really cool. We wish you a tremendous amount of luck. Where can our users, our, our users, sorry, our listeners and viewers get more of Mythic?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, um, so um, uh, yeah, everybody could follow us in our Twitter, Mythic Protocol, at Mythic Protocol, and also in our website, mythicprotocol.com. So I think uh, that that will be our main like official channel. Um, and, and I think soon we will put some like, of the writings of about our idea, the fiction of competitive entertainment, I think on, on that, that two main channel also.
0: Uh, Arif, I will also uh, put links down below so uh, everyone on the Web3 uh, Unpacked side can actually get to everything they want. Um, so stay tuned. We're going live soon. And Arif, thank you so much. You've been great. Uh, really excellent c- uh, conversation and uh, fun one. And uh, we'd love to have you back. And we look forward to what's next from Mythic Protocol. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you.
1: much for, for you, also. Thank you for for WebTech for having us here. Thank you very much.
0: Of course, our pleasure.